Hey, Real Nerds. There's many ways to enjoy the Real Nerds podcast. You can listen to us on Stitcher, iTunes, and now Spotify and iHeartRadio. You can see what we're up to around town by following us at Real Nerds on Instagram. And if you want to send us your thoughts, you can email us at realnerds at gmail.com or call us at 720-6NERDS5. Like us on Facebook at Real Nerds Podcast or tweet us at Real Nerds. And now on with the show. Shot and a real nerd can follow the plot, and a real nerd can but talk film. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Take it outside. Well, a real nerd knows who shot, and a real nerd can follow the plot, and a real nerd will give it all the guts. Lights, camera, action. Welcome to Real Nerds Podcast. We are the best movie podcast on the internet, in podcast sphere. I'm Ryan. I'm joined by Brad. I'm here. Every week we see a new movie and we podcast our experience to the world. This week we saw Lisa Frankenstein. Stay tuned. We'll recommend the film, or not, play the trailer, then spoil it. We also have movie news to get to and stuff we've watched throughout the week. All movies, all the time. It's how we roll. Just hook it to my veins. <laughs> just, just pull my eyes open like, you know, Clockwork Orange and force feed me fucking movies. Mainline me those movies. <laughs> Give me a movie enema. Oh, yuck. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, that's bad. Okay, yeah. I guess I guess I'd flush out the shit movies. <laughs> oh, there's so many. <laughs> Yeah. Did you enjoy the Super Bowl last night, Brad? Did you was it everything you hoped it would be? Super what? What happened last <laughs> night? <laughs> I actually uh I just uh I I uh, edited uh, a project with it on the background and you know, mm. it's uh the 49ers and the uh Chiefs, two teams yeah. that I don't have any <laughs> uh stake in. It's so funny everyone asks me, you know, cuz just people are being nice. And they always say, well, who are you rooting for? Uh, nobody. <laughs> I don't give a flying fuck who wins. I like the memes I mean, where they're I, like, I'm rooting for them, for them both to lose. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I hate the Chiefs, obviously, because I'm a Broncos fan. But, you know, it, when your team's not involved, like I always watch the game and I love football. I'll watch lots of football. But it's hard to get emotionally invested in the game, you know? Yeah. For the, where I root for somebody. I just don't care enough. <laughs> by the rules of sportsmanship, you're supposed to root for the like uh if your division rival, you know, claims the division, like that's the team you're supposed to support cuz Yeah, the, but it's it's like you and the Patriots, you know, like if you're a Dolphins fan and the Patriots dominated that division for so long and now it's the Chiefs for the Broncos division. It just gets to a point where you're like, we get it. Patrick Mahomes is really good. Do you mean Christmas? Yeah, there's a point where it crosses over. just like, okay, we get it. You're winning. <laughs> yeah. Let someone else have a turn, which is why and I was like, just... so excited about the Lions. But then I know. Yeah, you know, they, they, they got so up. close. Yeah. Yep. Because I will root for an underdog of any team if my team's okay. not in contention. Well, your team got hurt. They were on a trajectory to be really good this year. And then. You know why they that happened? It's because I started watching Hard Knocks on HBO. Because <laughs> <laughs> I started watching that series, 
They went from awesome to barely even making the playoffs. <laughs> it wasn't the injury. The shit. <laughs> it was my aura reconnected. Like I had stopped watching or paying attention, and they finally were like the best in the division. As soon as I started watching Hard Knocks, man, and getting into Dolphin Spirit. They, so they, next year, they drink the Gatorade. They're like, oh, this tastes funky. <laughs> this tastes like Brad's piss. <laughs> That's your aura yeah. infecting them. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's got to become a Patriots fan or something. No. Well, actually, that didn't help them this year. They did worse than the Dolphins. Yeah, they're horrible. The Dolphins just hit a wall. They're pretty see, good all year. Who though. else do I want to infect? How about I'll become a Broncos fan? You motherfucker. <laughs> you stay away. It can't get any worse. They haven't had a winning season in seven and haven't made the playoffs since they won the Super Bowl eight years ago. I can't go within like 100 feet of Sports Authority Field or whatever. What is it now? <laughs> Empower. Empower. Yeah. It's Mile High. Mile High Stadium. Yeah. Just called Mile High Stadium. Yeah. Which is tough because I got to pass by it to get to the bug. So you do. You should know this, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Violate that restraining order. But uh, yeah, like I, the uh, one thing I was like, oh, at least I'll like probably watch some fun commercials because I used to enjoy doing that. And yeah. <laughs> There's some good. Yeah, I really like the Duncan one with uh, Ben Affleck and Matt Damon yeah, and that Jennifer one was Lopez. Funny. Like Matt yeah. Damon, part of it, you're like, dude, there's some limits to my friendship with you. <laughs> yeah. When I said I'd do anything, this is anything. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, so that was good. And then obviously uh, some movie trailers were in there. So that's great for us. Yeah. Yeah. We'll talk about those in the movie news. But let's let's stitch this episode together, Brad. Do you recommend Lisa Frankenstein? Yeah, I think it's all right. Um, it's a sort of different movie than the trailer makes it out to be, I think. Um, but there's some fun stuff in there, but then there's also just some like meh in there. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. I think it's a fun time if, if you, just, you need something to entertain yourself with, but it's, it's not great. You know, I had fun at this movie too. I, I think I'm in the same boat as you where I'm sorry. Where I enjoyed watching it, but it didn't, you know, move me in one way or another. It kind of reminded me of, like, a Tim Burton movie, if he still had fun making movies. Um, Kind of the same, like, quirky characters and stuff like that, the vibe I got from it. And it was obviously brighter and more neon-ish than any movie he'd ever make, but yeah, I got the, I got those vibes from it. Um, he, sorry. Oh no, I, I was just gonna say it's it's pretty close to Edward Scissorhands in some ways. Yeah. Here's the trailer for Lisa Frankenstein. There's a young man. I talked to him. I wish I was with you. That's really weird, Lisa. <laughs> I'm the greatest God created Power driven On the mission Taffy says it's a waste of time to try and fix a boy It's better just accept a guy's flaws Oh, that's so cute I can't do that not until we bury the body. There is no turning back now. 
this goth phase in soon. Uh, first, I should give props. I didn't know uh, Robin Williams' daughter Zelda was a filmmaker. Yeah, and I thought she was. She did a really good job on this movie. I, I, she created a world. Um, her, it looked good, and the actors had you know great chemistry, and the pace was really good. So good for her. Is yeah, it her first feature film. Brad, I don't even know. Uh, I didn't look it up, but I think it is. I mean, I haven't. I've definitely seen her on Twitter before, but I haven't. I'm not. I don't know of a, a film catalog, but yeah, as far as direction and everything, I think it, it's a definitely a well-made pro movie. Um, but I think the first thing I noticed right off the bat was like, I think it could be edited faster. Like hmm. it, it's, I felt like it was a really slow movie for a lot of, a lot of it. Like oh, I didn't the, get that at all. Actually, no? hmm. uh, uh-uh. I forgot to mention uh, in the beginning of my review, like I <laughs> saw this a lot longer or earlier than you did because i was like i did one of those monday movie things at the uh regal oh it's like one of their secret screeners secret screenings yeah so i didn't know i was gonna see it and then uh but i went there thinking like oh maybe i'll get like maybe it'll probably be lisa frankenstein but i might get ghostbusters or do part two um and yeah the you know the the secret screenings don't have like a good lead-in so you're watching commercials and then all of a sudden there's that animated opening and i'm just like what the it's what commercial is this for? And then all of a sudden mm-hmm. it's telling the story, which is, is cool. It's like, Oh, I know what this is. And I can feel the audience doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's a, uh, yeah, I thought, I thought it was like edited kind of slowly. Um, but, uh, yeah, okay. well. like, I think a faster paced vibe would have helped some of the, because uh, I guess you should explain what the story is. Because, like I said, the, it's a little yeah, different than is. the trailer makes it out to be. It's a little different. It's about um, this woman named Lisa, or I guess girl. Because um, you're still a woman, right? If you're 17, 18. Um, and she uh, is at a new high school. Her father remarried after her mom was brutally murdered. <laughs> that was um, in front of her. Yeah. Yeah, that was shot like a slasher movie. And told by her um, stepsister, so it had a very uh, like weird vibe to it. Um, but in context of the film, it worked well. Um, so they go there, and she's kind of an outcast and doesn't say very much. Um, we learned that she likes to go to the cemetery called Bachelor's Grove, I think off the top of my head. And uh, there must be men who die who weren't married. And she's in love with this particular man who doesn't have a name. Yeah, she, she spends her time to... doing rubbings of the grain st- gravestones for some reason. Yeah, um, that's an actual thing, though. So <laughs> people do it up here all the time because we have an old cemetery. They just take um, tracing paper and just like trace yeah. the the markings. <laughs> I guess. Yep. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I know. I wouldn't do it, but you know. I mean, if you turn it um, into some other art, that makes sense. But yeah, I don't know. Uh, so anyways, uh, she gets slipped something into her drink when she's at this party. She gets felt up by this nerd guy. She runs away from the party during a tornado thunderstorm. And it creates this green lightning bolt that brings that one guy to life from a wish she made, I guess. 
Um, Which I thought was weird. Like, she doesn't go to the graveyard, but it strikes the graveyard. Like, she goes home. Yeah. Um, and while she's there, so she has to learn. Um, I mean, I, the, the dude doesn't even have a name. I'll just call him the corpse, I guess. And, it's, the rubbing um, did say Frankenstein, so. Oh, that's right. Um, so he uh, shows up at her house because he asked for her. Um, she has to deal with her stepmom, who seems like she's nice, but she's really not. And um, and then it takes kind of a weird turn where she's uh, her stepmom is going to put her into some sort of uh, insane asylum, and the corpse kills his her stepmom, cuts off her ear, and she sews it onto him, and because he's missing an ear. He's also missing an arm, so they kill that one dude who felt her up and take his arm, and it creates this huge, um, like, uh, guess, police presence at her school. She's also in love with the editor of her newspaper and her sister Taffy. <laughs> I think that's her name. Um, they're still looking for her mom because she doesn't know that her mom has been killed. Um, and so Lisa decides that she is going to, um, lose her virginity because she might get caught for helping to kill these people. So she goes to that dude's house and her sister's there and the corpse dude is pissed because he loves her and chops off the dude's dick (laughs) because he doesn't have one. And yeah, she sews his dick on him and then they have sex and then she decides she's going to kill herself because she doesn't want to go to prison. So yeah, in a tanning bed that has magical powers. Um, Yeah, that's kind of the overall arc of Lisa Frankenstein. Um, yeah, I, I thought a- it was a fun movie. Like I had fun watching it. Yeah, it's fun parts. Yeah. But it, it was kind of like a weird, you know, the trailer makes it seem like she wants to bring this guy back from the dead, but not really. Like, she's surprised yeah. when he comes to her, and it's really like he wants her, but he can't communicate that well. Yeah. And she's, before that even happens, she's already interested in the newspaper guy. So she's pining for him the whole time, and then the, the corpse has to, like, just kind of endure that and hear 100% of her thoughts and feelings about it <laughs> yeah. and suffer through it. And then uh, I forget like what, like how they figure out that the tanning bed does healing for him. Uh, cause yeah, well, she said she, I guess cause she almost got electrocuted at the beginning. Oh, that's when right. Her stepsister said, um, um, you know, you need color or something. Cause her sister, stepsister won it for being Miss Hawaiian Tropic or something. Uh, something like that. Uh, yeah. It was just, uh, it just had this I kept on thinking that maybe at the end she was still like hallucinating from the drugs she got slipped but nope it really happened (laughs) and (laughs) she comes back as like the bride of Frankenstein at the end Um, but I don't know how the tanning bed makes her become alive yeah it's just magic I guess which is fine but I, I just can't remember how they got to that conclusion of like oh this will putting you in your help yeah expedite yeah. the healing process of all these stitched on parts we got um 
I just can't remember. I do really love Catherine Newton, though. I think she's really good in all her movies. Um, she's, yeah. she's a she's a fun actress to watch. Yeah, um, but like the character itself was just like I just wasn't rooting for her by the end. Oh yeah, she's a horrible person. Yeah, but I I, I don't know why. Like I kind of thought that the murder of her mother would come back around at the end of the movie, and it doesn't. Like the intruder is never really fully revealed. Like I thought maybe it was their like her own dad um, mm-hmm. or something. Yeah. Um, I always kept on thinking that too. Like there'd be, you know, some big mystery like that's never resolved is, you know, or maybe it was their stepmom or something. I don't know. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, I never like, I, I thought that would inform like why she's turning into this piece of shit, but I guess, uh, she's kind of was that way from the beginning and she was too quiet to articulate it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but there's some really funny dialogue in it. Um, the, uh, when he cries and it smells like shit, that's <laughs> <laughs> always really funny. Uh, yeah, there's a know, part when they're in the beginning where they're kind of introducing all the characters that had just like, you know, people saying funny Diablo Cody things, uh, you know, typical dialogue that you wouldn't like this written in a, like a more interesting way. Yeah. Um, and even I, I really liked to the musical number <laughs> where I can't fight this feeling anymore. Oh, the piano uh, scene. Yeah. Within like that the first really- three bars, like I was like, I knew what the song was. <laughs> <laughs> I could feel like the audience didn't. So I was like waiting for them to catch on and it took a while. Yeah. My audience loved this movie too. And it, I like saw it at 11 o'clock uh, yesterday and it was pretty packed. I was shocked because it didn't do that well this opening weekend. Um. Yeah. Probably everyone tried to get it in right before the Super Bowl. I bet. Yeah, it's probably true. But yeah, like I, I like the aesthetic of it too. You know, there was lots of blues and pinks, and um, yeah. and it definitely fit this quirky world that uh it took place in. Yeah, had a good '80s vibe to it. Like a lot of stuff in the background was like, yeah, I like that thing. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> or even when uh, Taffy's talking about how she can't walk home because she's wearing jellies. Yeah. Um, I, I remember those shoes. Like girls love those when I was younger. Um, yeah, I remember my sister. Yeah. Always getting those. Oh yeah. You'd have a way. I'd never had a sister, but my cousin, she always had them too. I, I'll just never forget. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I didn't know they hurt. Really <laughs> yeah. I thought they were comfortable. Yeah. Like everything that women wear hurts. Like yeah. why do women have such small pockets in their pants? <laughs> I don't get it. That's a big deal. Uh, that's historically, it's a uh, like uh, men back in old times would refuse to give them pockets at all. So <laughs> you time, do not deserve a pocket, madam. Well, yeah, because the the men would thought that the women would steal stuff to help them escape their their you know patriarchal situation. <laughs> it's you know, always hide keys and things. You know, <laughs> weird when you think about how shitty men were for so long. <clears throat> Still are. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it was fun. I, I have a feeling there's an R-rated cut of this movie. Um, because it cut really fast when any time there was violence on screen. It's funny and, you say that because I, I was like, is this movie rated R? Because it feels like it's already rated R. <laughs> yeah, but the, the violence happens all off screen and it feels like it's cut. So it'd be PG-13. Which I've always said, just make it rated R if you're going to make a rated R movie. Who cares? Yeah. 
Hey, I got a question for you. Um, sure. If your dick gets chopped off, do you die within like a minute? <laughs> uh, it, really or emotionally? Because... <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I know you'd want to die, but <laughs> yeah. reality, well, physically, like, it's, yeah. I mean, it also, I don't know if you chop it off with a hatchet if it goes flying in the air like that. But... <laughs> I was going to say, I, I, it's pretty dull edge. I don't know if it would take off <laughs> in a single slice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was. <laughs> but I thought it was really creative well, that they wrapped it up so that, you know, it, you could keep it PG 13 that way and still yeah. see it. <laughs> I went to that, uh, like, that was actually a really funny moment because I always laugh at stupid shit when the police officer lady shows up. She says, Hey, you can't be here. This is a crime scene. He just picks her up <laughs> and throws her in the grave. <laughs> yeah. I love stuff like that. You know, because <laughs> the premise is silly anyway, so just just go full blown silly. Yeah, I had fun. It's it's not the train wreck again that people th- thought said it was. I, I don't think personally. Um, yeah, it's, I it's think there's some funness to it. Terrible, but yeah, by the end, I'm like, I don't care. Like, I almost want these people to get caught. Like, I don't know why. Yeah, no, I agree. Should... It's just because she go so hard into being like a bitch you know where you kind of root for her at the beginning because of all the stuff that's happened to her but when she doesn't really when she loses that i don't know if innocence is the right word she, but she loses that personality trait just like no <laughs> um yeah hey this is a big news story of the week it's real news Uh, really, the big news story of the week is all the trailers that drop for the Super Bowl, which you actually only saw, you know, 30 second clips of and you had to go online to watch the real trailer, which I get even the 30 seconds were seven million dollars this year at the Super Bowl. So, um, yeah, the commercial should just be uh, like, hey, here's a Deadpool trailer. Watch it on YouTube. <laughs> and like you could save yourself <laughs> like two million dollars. Yeah, which they pretty much did. Um, so Deadpool three is now officially Deadpool and Wolverine. Or Makes has sense. Hugh Jackman has it, Deadpool and uh I mean Wolverine and Asshole. Um, which is funny. Um uh, you know what's when I watched that trailer, Brad, I don't know if you got the vibe. It seems like one of the reasons why it's the only Marvel movie this year is it seems like Deadpool's gonna fuck up everything and he's gonna reset the whole timeline. That might be a, a brilliant fun way to get out of this mess that he created for themselves of just like Hey, this whole multiverse thing, let's just cancel it, have Deadpool ruin it, and go back to a single timeline. Yeah, because I have a, there's uh there's moments in the trailer that I recognize from, like, uh, Age of Ultron, um, obviously the Loki TV series, um, Days of Future Past. So he's definitely going to different universes. And I mean, this might have, I have a feeling this might have the most like Marvel cameos of any movie. Yeah. If, if you love cameos in no way home, guess what? This is amped <laughs> up to a million. As long that, as it even that pyro guy is in it. Is he <laughs> pyro from X-Men two and three? Yeah. I didn't catch him. Um, I mean, I did catch the like crumbled 20th century Fox logo. That was great. <laughs> Buried in the sand, like planet of the apes or the yep. snow. 
So I, I, as long as it serves a story purpose, you know, where No Way Home is a brilliant movie, um, as long as it serves a purpose and it's just like, hey, look at me, um, which I'm guessing it does, uh, because there is some sort of bigger arc here because he's going to have to take Wolverine and put him back so, you know, uh, Logan happened, which I know is one of the caveats of Hugh Jackman doing it is you couldn't touch Logan. So um, I'm interested to see what they do. Because I'm all on board for it. Yeah, it's like, I think, my most anticipated movie right now. Yeah, I think the Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, I think that movie looks cool, too. Um, the special effects in it are look incredible. Yeah. Um, There's some points where those monkeys look, or I guess apes, uh, are photo- photorealistic, I can't tell. Yeah, that one looks like a lot of fun. Um, and then we got some trailers, even for Wicked, that doesn't come out till November. Um, which I, I'm a fan of the of the play. I don't know if you've ever seen the play. It's really fun. I haven't. Um, when I, when I was seeing the trailer, it's like, oh wow, this is like a really awesome looking uh, Ozland. Um, I'm not sure what it's for, but yeah, it's like it's the Wizard of Oz, but told from the Wicked Witch of the West point of view. Yeah. Um, and it's a musical, which. It's interesting because they kind of shy away from, uh, you know, musical stuff now. But if you know anything, it's definitely musical. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think of the other trailers, if I can remember any. I can't remember any other ones that really piqued my interest. Yeah, that's all the ones I remember. Yeah. So, yeah. That's that's the big movie news is there's a couple of anticipated trailers coming out. There's uh, also some industry news where uh, the Academy decided to add a new category uh, in the next couple of years for for Academy Awards. Uh, they're going to add uh, best casting. Oh, so, yeah, I did see that. That's a good call. But also, what the hell? Still no best stunts. <laughs> still, <laughs> still no best choreography, but casting directors get their day in the sun now. Yeah, it's interesting, too, how even when they try to be, you know, forward-thinking, how pretentious the Oscars still are. Yeah, I mean, I don't think we really talked about the nominations this year, but... I don't think we did. I forgot to. Yeah. Um, but it's just I mean, it's just like, yeah, like, if you could just add new categories, um, I don't I don't know why you can't do the stunt one. Like, it just yeah. seems like a no-brainer. You know, I, all I really care about is my boy RDJ wins an Oscar, um, which it's kind of trending that way. So that's cool. Yeah. Um, but it's a great year for me because Emily Blunt and Robert Downey Jr. both got nominated. <laughs> um, so, yeah. But, yeah, that is cool. Um, hopefully, you know, next year we'll have the stunts. Yeah, the casting one doesn't start until, I think, 2026. So. Still some time yeah, I mean, yet. They but... need a lot of time to think about it. I mean, <laughs> they got to get those ballots out. That's not something they can do like overnight. <laughs> I guess they got to like do some record keeping and see who their their uh, casting directors are in the in the <laughs> guild. And <laughs> they're probably like, "Oh shit, we actually have people that would know this stuff." Yeah, because that's how they vote. Is like directors vote for directors, 
you know, editors vote for editors and whatnot. Yeah. So it's, and this it's is like, how do you not know that? And like, you just add like another category to a sheet, right? <laughs> like, how much work is there really involved? Yeah. You know, I, I think I, I've added, I've talked about this before on the podcast, but Hollywood Reporter does this feature every year where it's the brutally honest Oscar ballot where they talk to industry people that have filled out their ballots. And you learn really quickly that these people that they're in the Academy, they don't, they hardly watch all the stuff. I mean, if you worked 14, 16 hour days on set, you probably wouldn't have a lot of time to watch everything. Right. (laughs) Well, they send you like screeners. Like you don't have to go to the theater. Right. But like I said, you're, you're you're in a foreign country for like 16 hours a day on set. Like probably don't want to spend any of that time. Watching a movie, you just want to sleep. Yeah, but like how many, that's like what, two or three months out of the year? People only make really one movie a year now. Nah, there's plenty of people that like, you know, you you see them in uh, big profile movies or whatever, but they do like tons of off screen, like, you know, voice work or commercials or stuff like that. Promotional things. Yeah. Uh, How many hours are they really working? (laughs) I've been an actor on a film set. (laughs) <laughs> you have and you the best perspective lines, and then you stand around for like 40 minutes waiting for your next scene yeah you tell the director when to start and stop <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean really how hard is that <laughs> yeah come on come on <laughs> hey we watch things throughout the week in a segment i am creatively have called what we've been watching so uh yeah this is the stuff we've been watching Brad, what'd you watch this week? Uh, again, not a lot of feature stuff. Um, just really knocking out that Simpsons playlist. Uh, I'm in season 15 Thanks. now. Uh, I think I was uh, complaining last week about how, like, oh, you know, these later seasons are the Simpsons go to Africa or the Simpsons go to France. And mm-hmm. uh, there's a bunch, there's like a string of episodes back to back where they make that joke amongst themselves. It's just like, <laughs> you know, even Homer will say, like, who knows which country we'll go to the next week, you know? <laughs> so, uh, but uh, yeah, so that's been fun. I am a season 15. Um, and then, uh, yeah, for features, like the really only new thing I saw is relevant to the Oscars. I saw anatomy of a fall. No oh, French movie. I guess it's, it is in English for a lot of it. So, hmm. um, but uh, yeah, it's, it's an interesting film. Um, it's, very much a very detailed uh, look at you know, investigating a single crime and uh, how it outside forces kind of impact how that how the defense prosecution defense you know, work again like for it and against it. Hmm. Um, but if you, if you don't know what I'm talking about, uh, it's a story of this this woman and her uh, blind son come home, and uh, I actually did miss like the first two minutes, I think. I walked in on the autopsy uh, credit mm. sequence. And uh, yeah, so anyway, they, what I learned is they came home and they found uh, her husband had fallen from somewhere onto a shed and then onto the ground next to their, their house. And, uh, and the investigation reveals that the trajectory doesn't match and the blood splatters don't match. And so, you know, obviously, uh, and, and the boy's blind. So he was at home at the time, but didn't see what happened, uh, but kind of has an impression of what happened. Um, so, uh, yeah, obviously the wife, um, who's also in the zone of interest, 
another Oscar nominated film. Uh, does an amazing performance, uh, by the way. Um, mm. Yeah, I liked uh, Emma Stone, but uh, Sandra Huller, I think, uh, the way she just like just disappears in that role and just commands the screen the whole time is incredible. But yeah, uh, she uh, insists that she didn't do it, but based on all the evidence, she's the most likely suspect. And, um, you know, her lawyer does a little investigation and yeah, it's just like a really long two and a half to three hour look at like, yeah, how, how did this actually happen and do the statements match? And then, uh, what the, the state does to, uh, delve into their lives to try to prosecute her, you know, yeah. Yeah. Like what was their relationship like? And then they air all that dirty laundry in front of everyone and, um, yeah, and then it, they, the defense uh, kind of selling the narrative that maybe the husband did this on purpose to ruin her. Um, mm. you know, he, he was depressed, and the, like there's a, at one point, you know, they surprised, like, oh, there's an audio tape of a fight right before everything happened um, that they found on his hard drive. And, uh, you know, she's a writer that used a bunch of their life stories to make her books and be successful. And he always wanted to be a writer, but spent so much time, you know, supporting the family and just doing, uh, you know, the husbandly jobs of the house. And, uh, he kind of resented that she was successful off their lives and he wanted to be, he wanted to be the writer. So yeah, stuff like that is interesting. It's some compelling stuff. So, um, yeah. And for as long as it was, I wasn't ever too bored. That's good. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. And enemy of fall. And then, uh, Esquire late night had the wedding singer. So I watched that again and ah, love that the, fucking movie. Yeah, that movie's fun. Uh, the funny part about it was like, uh, at one point I was the only person in the theater and then about 10 minutes in the rowdiest group of silly drunk young people came in and sat a couple rows behind me <laughs> and thought it, they were the only ones there and treated it like it was a room <laughs> section where they just, one dude mm. laughed at every spoken word of dialogue. I'm not exaggerating. <laughs> um, but the funny part. <laughs> yeah, I eventually got up and walked to the back of the theater and, and hid in the back and watched the rest of the movie. <laughs> exactly. Eric Cones. He did say that. <laughs> um, but the funny part was like, they went to the lobby and I, you know, I hang out to the end of the credits. So when I left, I brushed past them, got in my car. And then as I'm about to leave, this dude walks up to the car and it's my friend, Aaron. <laughs> He's like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I saw you get up and I like, I didn't know what to do. Like it was seven or eight people. He's like, we told them to stop being obnoxious and they wouldn't. And I was like, oh my God, now I feel like a dick. <laughs> it's like, no, I fuck him. He needs to know. Hey, Aaron, you need to know, bro. <laughs> I hated your group so fervently throughout the whole movie. <laughs> uh, while also being like, at least there's people going to the Esquire right now and supporting them. <laughs> <laughs> but also like yeah that was just like so maddening and there's like one other person in the theater who had to endure this stuff um but yeah it's, it's really funny that like oh i actually knew one of the people's in the group if i just paid attention i could just <laughs> been like oh hey aaron can you get your your, your buds to like just chill <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so anyway that's why i watched yeah, I uh, love the wedding singer. I think I saw that six or seven times in the theater when it came out. Um, I, you know, I, 
I've been doing the thing where I'm watching Blu-rays I bought that I haven't watched. Um, so randomly I got, uh, well, this one wasn't random, but I got the kindergarten cop 4k and it looks great. I still love that movie. It's funny. Uh, I mentioned it a couple weeks ago. I love now that the 4k is sharper, but they don't lose the film element quality to it where it still looks like it's shot on film. It just looks sharper now. Um, and this is another incredible transfer that Kino Lorber did. So hats off to them. Um, uh, I got the steel book for elemental, which is a, the Pixar movie from last year. And this movie like touches my soul every time I watch it. I think it's so freaking beautiful and I love the story in it. And um, I don't know. I, I think it's a Pixar movie that really flew under the radar. And it's just beautifully told, beautifully animated. Um, and I was watching the special features. And the director of it, Peter Stone, also directed The Good Dinosaur, which I think is also another underrated Pixar film. Um, and this, uh, when you look at it, the context of him as the writer and director, was his family immigrated from Korea to America. And he really wanted to be an artist. And his dad, you know, had a business he wanted to take over. So he kind of repurposed his life into the film and um, came out great. Um, I also watched uh, Last Night in Soho, uh, which is Edgar Wright's fifth, fifth, sixth. Um, yeah, sixth, I think. And, yeah. Uh, and that's it's, it's a really cool film. And I think one of his like most bizarre ones Um but what I always like about him is he really pushes himself, not only as a director, but as a storyteller, um, where none of his films are the same movie. Um, you know, Shaun of the Dead is a, is a comedy that has horror elements. Then Hot Fuzz is an action movie. World's End is a sci-fi movie. And The Sparks Brothers, obviously, is a documentary. Baby Driver is kind of a, you know, a music heist film. Yeah, heist movie, yeah. And then this one is like a supernatural thriller. Um, and it, he just tells stories so well with the camera. Um, it's just a really cool movie. Um, I, I get lost in the worlds that he create that, that he creates. Um, even like in the Sparks Brothers, you know, documentary, you still get lost in what he does. Um, so I, I'm always a fan. And what I love too is his Blu-rays are usually pretty packed with stuff and this one's lighter than Shaun of the dead and hot fuzz but it still has like featurettes about each of the main characters and the commentary is awesome in it um so yeah definitely pick up that 4k if you haven't yet um and i i also watched world war z uh 4k which i know you're not a big fan of it but uh re-watching it 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 moves really well and I think it's a cool movie. The only thing that really hinders it is the freaking CGI zombies because the movie is so cool. And I get that they need to do CGI zombies to tell the story they're telling, but they never move convincingly. You know what I mean? Yeah. The, there's always some unnaturalness to how they move. And I thought the most effective moments in the film is when they just had a couple of the zombies on screen and the makeup looked great 
And I always thought the creepiest one was the dude at the end where he was trying to figure out, you know, he's in that one room and um, trying to get the virus. And then that one zombie's like snapping his teeth and stuff. I thought it was the most effective thing. And yeah, that's all I really watched this week. I'm trying to get caught up on this stuff. Yeah, you got a long way to go. <laughs> yeah, I do. Um, Next week. Oh, hey, wait, no, before we go. Uh, Corinne has a showtime for us, so let's listen to that. Hey nerds, Corinne here for another installment of Showtime, where I talk to you about something cool I've been watching lately. Although this time I'm going to switch it up a little bit. Um, <laughs> not to say like, oh, it wasn't cool, but it was just something, um, a little bit different for me, and I thought that you guys would appreciate it. So I had a movie night with some of my friends recently, and because we're all a bunch of big superhero comic book fans... Um, we ended up watching this documentary called The Death of Superman Lives, which is the Tim Burton, um, Nicolas Cage Superman movie that was slated to come out, like, I want to say late, late nineties. Um, and it just kind of took you through, you know, the whole production process and like how they came up with all these different ideas and like the scripts and the costumes and everything. Um, it's a, I think it's a fairly old documentary. I want to say it was made like... I don't know, like 10 years ago, probably. Um, and I want to say the whole thing is on YouTube if you're interested in it. But um, I got to tell you that I um, I'm not a big Nicolas Cage fan. I'm not even a big Tim Burton fan. So I'm not I guess it was an interesting story, but I also kind of didn't really care. I wasn't like trying to watch it. But since it was like a friend movie night, I was like, OK, that's what they wanted to watch. So I'm just going along with it. And, uh, yeah, I, I'm honestly kind of okay that this movie was not made because it sounds like it was messy, um, from a production standpoint and a lot of some, some of the behind the scenes drama. Like I do, I do feel genuinely bad for everybody who worked so hard on this movie. Um, all the different screenplay writers, um, the different like storyboard artists and, and everyone that they brought onto the production. Oh my gosh, I feel so bad for the costuming people, because, you know, they spend hours building these, like, suits from scratch uh, for all these different, like, concepts of, like, oh, a regeneration suit, and da, da, da. and, I mean, it looked kind of cool, but, yeah, I feel bad for everybody who worked so hard on the movie. I want to say it was in production, pre-production for a year before it got um, cut, but, yeah, honestly, I'm... I'm okay. <laughs> like, as the audience member, I'm okay with it not existing, but I do genuinely feel bad for all those people who worked really hard on it. Um, but yeah. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. I guess there, there's like a whole bunch of drama. If you, if you know anything about like DC, Warner Brothers, um, how the different like rights worked out with some of the superheroes and some of the big, the big wigs of, um, I can't remember the guy's name, but the guy who, was kind of driving the movie because I want to say he owned the rights to Superman at that point. And he, dude was totally crazy. Um, but he's like, I don't want Superman to fly. I want him to fight a giant spider. And I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Oh my gosh. And he didn't like tr Superman's traditional suit. And I'm like, what the f Yeah. Like, this is why executives are kind of the worst sometimes because they have absolutely no idea how anything really works. So anyway, I, it, you guys, if you haven't seen it already, you might enjoy it. 
Um, It's called The Death of Superman Lives. I'm pretty sure the whole thing is on YouTube for free. So check it out if you want. Um, It was a, I would say it's a pretty well-made documentary, um, but I don't watch a lot of documentaries, so I can't really say (laughs) for certain. Um, Also, real quick before I go, I wanted to let you guys know, um, I'm not shilling for the store, but uh, I found this great, uh, it's bookstore technically, but it's, it's got like everything. Um, it's got comics, graphic novels, manga, um, movies, music, toys, you know, other merchandise. And it's just, it's huge. It's got like everything under the sun. So if you were at all like a big, you know, fan of like movies and games and, um, or board games, not video games, I don't think they had any video games, but, um, comics, graphic novels, like they've got a whole bunch of stuff. Um, you can buy or you can sell your stuff to them actually. So, um, I really encourage you if you are local to Denver, check it out. It's called second and Charles. Um, the location I found is in the mall, Colorado mills. Uh, there might be other locations around the Denver area. There might be other locations, uh, nationally. I'm not sure, but I would recommend people check it out again, second and Charles. Um, so yeah, if you're a comics fan, they got comics. I took Jerry there last night and he was like, well, I'm going to spend hundreds of dollars here. <laughs> um, thankfully not all, uh, last night. Cause we were like, well, we got other stuff to do, but, um, that was pretty fun. Cause I showed him, I was like, here's where all the graphic novels are. Here's where the comic books are. And he's like, I will spend hours here. <laughs> so, um, and I, I really enjoyed their, their manga section. I actually bought a couple of things and I sold a couple of things there. So yeah, I highly recommend everybody go check it out. Second and Charles, again, the location I was at was in uh, the Colorado Mills Mall, but there are probably other locations around the Denver area and beyond. So check it out. All right, guys, I will talk to you next time. I, I think I will do an anime review because I have um, five ongoing anime I'm watching right now. And some of them I don't think you guys would like, but some of them I do think that, you know, if you like anime, you might be interested in them. So um, I'll give like a quick rundown of all those next time. So until then, take care and talk to you guys next time about something. Bye. Cool. Thanks, Corinne. Uh, Yeah, that's a documentary I've been meaning to see. So um, eventually I'll come around to it. Ryan, unfortunately, hates Superman so much he doesn't want to talk about it. So how about we just move on? Next week, we're getting tangled up in the web of Madam Web, um, which I'm guessing is going to be a fucking awesome movie. <laughs> so I think I'm going to love it for- as much as I did for Morbius. <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, so stay tuned for that. And we'll see you at the movies. Bye. Thanks for listening to Real Nerds Podcast, a Nebulous Visions production. Stream or download episodes, read articles at realnerdspodcast.com. Stream us on Apple or Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or iHeartRadio. Follow us on Facebook, Real Nerds Podcast. Twitter and Instagram, at Real Nerds. Watch us on YouTube, Real Nerds Podcast. Email us at realnerds at gmail.com. Call us at 720-6NERDS5. 
thank you to Sparks Mandrill, Mike at Plan 9 Studios, and Bologna for all of our groovy theme songs. And that's how you fucking do it.